guys, it's me, your boy, local forest gremlin, coming out of the woods to explore the internet with this podcast with y'all. And today we're going to talk about um, moral situations and quandaries. So we'll have a bit of like um, when someone takes like philanthropy courses the questions they ask and um, my increasing frustration with those types of questions and you know where to draw the line uh, personally within your own head but then where do you draw the line outside like in the larger world both in a within your community in your friend group and in um, the world at large yeah let's go into it um so to start off you know people are asking you know what is right and what is wrong and i think with most things um it is an answer that you have to build for yourself of um you know these are the issues i care about these are the issues i can dedicate my energy to this is what's right for you know my health and safety this is what is what i believe is morally right and then there's always of course things that are morally right and morally correct and things that people feel very strongly are um morally right because they personally believe it um and you know, I think there's a very obvious distinction there, uh, especially for bigger things like we're seeing in the world right now, a lot of. Um, and so we're not going to focus too much on that. Uh, I don't want to get too heavy right off the bat. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into it. We're going to start with the abstract of like moral situations and like what would you do type things and then I think we're gonna work our way inward from like abstract to the world to interactions to the hard lines you keep for yourself in your own head uh, for your own health and safety both physically and mentally and the people around you and you know how one affects the other all right so let's start with um moral situations that to me in my mind are completely pointless no one has ever been able to explain to me why this is the moral question of what would you do um maybe one of you guys can do that but um so we're going to start with the big one. Everyone goes to the trolley problem. If you're not familiar with the trolley problem, the trolley problem is um, there is, you know, two sets of tracks and you've got to make a decision which way the train is going. On one track, there's five people tied to the tracks. On the other side, there is one person. And, you know, which way do you go? And that's always like, this impossible moral situation, which, first off, it's a horrible situation. I hope no one ever finds themselves in a situation like this. 
Um, but second, uh, you can pull the brakes. Trains trains have brakes. Um, third, if the brake doesn't work, who was who is the repairman? Who who was in charge of maintenance and why didn't they maintain it? Um, and and so the point of this problem is to make you feel like it's your fault no matter what. And you know, obviously, if something like this did happen and there was nothing the conductor could do, you would feel incredibly awful. Like you would feel guilty, you would have to work through it, but that does not mean it just that it's the conductor's fault. First off, the person who is at fault is the person tying people to train tracks. Like that is always a thing in media of like, it's your fault, you let this happen. No, no, you made this situation random villain um you are the one committing atrocities this is your fault specifically and purposefully you created this situation um you being the villain um second of all trying to stop the train so you stop the train okay good you try to stop the train and nothing happens the next person whose fault that is for this situation, besides, you know, the the villain tying people to the tracks, is the person supposed to the maintenance person. Why was he faking good maintenance logs when the brakes don't work on a moving vehicle? Um, and you know that goes up a whole chain and departments of like a lot of people so there's that and so like this is just a situation where i feel like the thing that they're trying to address or trying to create this person's guilt is being mistaken for the guilt you would feel if you had a situation like this now, me personally, I don't know how I would react in a situation like this if I'm somehow driving a train and the brakes don't work and someone is tying them to the tracks. I think I would probably freeze in that situation, which is not really a good response. Um, but there are those responses to emergency situations where, first off, like, Everyone has their reactions that they automatically do. You know, fight, freeze, light, um, and fawn. Um, and for those of you who don't know, because fawn is a little bit less known, fawn is generally, um, uh, oh, there's conflict or an emergency, and I, I have to make sure that uh, people are appeased you know like let me just give this person whatever they want and it'll make the situation better um versus uh freeze which is where you you're frozen you cannot move uh you your brain isn't processing what's going on like you are frozen and then of course the traditional one fight which isn't so much leaping into a fight where it can be it can be where you need to fight in a situation, of course, but it's more likely to be 
that you are jumping to action to get control of whatever the emergency situation is. And, um, and then of course flight where it's so overwhelming that you just kind of like dip out of there. Um, which again, none of these are inherently bad reactions. Um, like most things in the brain, uh, what comes to mind is the ego state. It just is. It's just a tool to um, uh, help you know which way uh, you do react and to give you a word for what's happening. Um, and you can grow more through them once you know what yours is. Uh, mine naturally is freeze. I have had to learn how to work through that to respond to emergency situations, to be, you know, providing help and um, making sure the situation gets resolved. So, but uh, like I said, in that situation with some random villain committing atrocities that I'm about to part unwillingly partake in, I would probably freeze. You know, that's not a situation I've ever had to dealt with before. And I would probably, knowing myself, revert back to what my natural reaction to things is. And this can go for a lot of things. Um, people are always going to have their natural reaction to things. Um, so like, any situation that is different or uncomfortable for them or, um, you know, new or scary or anyway, they are going to react how they have reacted for most of their life to things. And, you know, that might be uh, laughing, it might be freezing, it might be getting big and angry and, you know, people generally when something horrible is going on, just want to feel like they are in control of the situation, or alternatively, in a bigger world, um, they want to feel like they are absolved of the situation, like they couldn't, it was always going to end badly, so they didn't have a choice but to participate to keep themselves safe. Now, that is... That brings us to the world at large. Um, so, for me personally, I do believe you do have a right to go home safe, but not at the cost of other people's lives and suffering. Um, so, yeah. that's where that leaves me. Um, and I will just say really quick, if you are in an area where atrocities are happening, you know, I am so sorry and I hope that you and your family uh, and the people in your life get out as unscathed as possible and remain safe. Um, yeah. I hope you guys are doing all right wherever you are. And going forward, what I do want to talk about with the world at large is the um, <coughs> intolerance uh, 
paradox, the tolerance paradox. So what this is, if you're not aware, is to create a healthy, tolerant, um, safe community, you have to be intolerant of intolerance. Um, so a lot of people who, you know, like to pick a fight and believe that they're always right and not even, I'm not even really sure how strongly they believe in the stuff that they're fighting so hard against, because uh, it seems a little bit more defensive and performative, um, but, you know, we all know those type, these type of people that I'm talking about. They'll always use that line of like, oh, like, you're so t if you're so tolerant, like, then you have to be accepting of whatever BS I'm sprouting. And that is not the case. It is actually the opposite. It is behavior like that, you know, the aggressive, threatening, violent, demeaning behavior. It's never acceptable, and you gotta shut it down right away. I'm actually... I've not done this myself yet, but I'm a big fan of causing a scene when it matters. Like, so often, you know, we just ignore, um the person who is causing a scene, who is being, uh, violent, not physically, but definitely in their body language and voice and behavior, they're threatening the violence, um, of standing up and causing a scene right back because, you know, these people, they have come to realize that they can get away with this behavior. And, you know, so often when we're in public, especially of, you know, we just kind of like duck our head and be like, wow, this is an awkward, awful situation. And I think we as people should cause a scene right back more of standing up and being like, absolutely not. We're not doing this. This is unacceptable. Because, um, uh, yeah that behavior is unacceptable and I think we myself included should stand up and say stuff when stuff is happening um, and get more involved I will caveat though that with if it, you feel like it is not something you can handle if it is unsafe it is perfectly okay to go get you know, someone else to handle it, um, you know, when you're getting medical training, it's always assess the scene, is it safe for you to engage first and foremost, and if so, proceed, if not, find a different way to, um, get control of the situation and put a stop to whatever emergency or unacceptable behavior is going on, uh, so, yeah, the 
parity of tolerance is that you have to be firm. You have to have hard boundaries. You have to um, be able to say, no, this is not right. And, you know, I think we all know there's situations of this is not okay. This is absolutely not morally right. Um, And then also there's people who believe very strongly that something is not morally right when it really should not matter to other people what this person is doing. So how I define those situations is, is it hurting myself or others? That's just the basic thing. Like, is someone being hurt, like physically hurt, or is it hurting myself? And if not, more often than not, it's nobody's business what anybody is doing. No matter how, um, I was going to say weird it might be, but that is not the right wording for that. Because sometimes things that are weird, and I'm talking like, hmm, this you know, nothing is inherently wrong that I can see, but I'm having a gut feeling that I don't like, like something weird is going on. I tend to listen to those. Um, but yeah, anyway, of sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but that is this podcast. Um, but yeah, anyway, of like, you know, is it hurting someone and to what level? So like, People yelling at cashiers at grocery stores or something. That's not okay behavior. And I would categorize that as a, yeah, that's not right, um, type thing. Versus this is morally wrong of, you know, someone hurting someone physically in front of me. Um, but you know, if, if nobody is doing any of that stuff, then I feel like we care too much about people's personal lives in public. And if it's a complete stranger, then it's not your business or place to be going up to people and telling them that you're, that person is doing something wrong because they offended you. Which leads nicely into, you know, the difference of opinions and beliefs does not make a person a bad person. So I, the ecosystems that survive and the communities that thrive are ones that have diverse opinions. You know, ones where people of all types and shapes and beliefs can coexist together without hurting one another um, by simply respecting that someone has a different opinion than you or you know they care about one thing more than the thing that you care most about and this is a lot of um, politics stuff and again uh, um, coming back to that parody of intolerance that's not the stuff I'm talking about you know I'm talking about opinions now, 
of people and people's um how they care everyone cares about like they have their couple things that they care most about and the rest of the stuff it's not really a big deal to them and going after people for having those different priorities and different opinions um and saying well if you don't agree with me exactly and specifically then you're a morally bad person is wrong like that is unacceptable behavior um simply because everyone is going to have a difference of opinion and if you get a community where it is like that one person being like or like those couple people who all believe the same thing taking over everything else and um getting other people to buy into this belief that if you don't agree with me then you are morally bad um you know that is that is creating the beginnings of extreme groups that is how stuff like that starts even if it starts off with good intentions and harmless beliefs um now and this will probably lead more into my next episode of weaponization and um you know people who are doing things that are morally corrupt and awful will twist those words and weaponize them into something that they're not and that again circles back to that intolerance policy of nipping that in the bud and putting a stop to it um but anyway you know that is in extreme like that is and i am going a little bit extreme here but that is that mindset is cult mindset that is how you get cults and extremist groups and it's it creates on the other side of like the minimum it creates like this kind of like hateful closed-minded exclusive society and we're seeing more and more of that lately um at least here in the states and i cannot speak for elsewhere in the world of you know there's this cycle of um you know the more strife there is outside in the world the more people close down and close their minds and and the only way to get out of that is with kindness and compassion and communication on an individual level and um you know like some people are willing to go through every single person they know and try to teach the other people and show them a different way and be open-minded and have kindness in their heart and some people might have kindness in their heart and you know say you know that is not my battle um you know that is not something i can do because it's not good for me and that's okay and there are people who go yeah like that's that's definitely not my priority and it's not something i care about and that's okay too um you know like like i said we all have 
different priorities and lines of, you know, how we want to live and interact in this world. Um, <clears throat> and on an individual level, like your close-knit friends and family, you know, having open and honest and respectful conversations about where your beliefs are, where your hard lines are, um, where your soft lines are. And the difference of that is, you know, the things that will make you stand up and go, this is not okay. And the things that you are willing to look away and ignore of having those conversations is really, really important. Um, and there's a way to do it healthy and respectful. And, you know, I personally like hearing about where people stand and different beliefs and, you know, what's important to people. I enjoy these conversations, um, which makes it much more easy to have and to ask questions um, on an individual level. Even, even with strangers sometimes, if they approach me in a respectful way. Like, if they're coming at me... Like, out of nowhere, or, like, in a way that kind of, um, intimidating, then I'm not gonna have that conversation with that person, you know? Um, and that goes for friend groups and families, and there's some behavior that you're not going to accept, that, you know, maybe depending on your healing where you are in your healing journey, um, it's going to look like either, like, pretty much one of two ways of, like, and I, of course, there's a hundred million different variations of this, but the basic two ways are either, you know, sitting down and having a conversation of, like, hey, like, I don't like X, Y, and Z, this is why, this is my expectation moving forward, um, these are my boundaries. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but then the other way of just being like, well, it's not a big deal. And, you know, just forgetting that you're hurt, but still like hanging on to it. Um, and honestly, I think everything, single one of these is important of, you know, individually having your boundaries and knowing where you stand and what you're comfortable with and uncomfortable with and it verbalizing that with the people in your life and not just letting things slide. Uh, no matter how small it might be, it's important to have those conversations about that. Um, because otherwise it does lead to built-up bitterness and resentment within you, and then you react to that, because how can you not? Um, you know, for me, my hard line in my friend group is lying. Now, we've all been the liar before, you know, and I think that's part of why it is so important for me, because I know that that's not behavior I want in myself, and it's not behavior I'm willing to interact with with others. Um, 
and you know that's that's the important thing for me in my daily personal connections in the community I'm building with the people in my lives uh, for everyone it's going to be different um, and that goes back to just boundaries um, but then for yourself of you know what standard do you hold yourself to um, both you know in all parts of your life but for the pu- for the purpose of this episode um, morally like what moral standards are you holding to yourself and what are the hard lines and soft lines there of like what things do you like sometimes make excuses for and let yourself slip on and then having to work back from that and what things are you like no never and again there's like the big obvious things that we can all agree are morally corrupt like it's things not up for debate and uh, again those are their own big things and they're very obvious so I'm not talking about that stuff I'm talking about like little habits and behavior now within yourself like what thought patterns or communication or what's your natural instinct to do something that you won't let yourself because it is harmful to yourself and to the community you're building um for me that is you know like with the lying I won't let myself do that at all like unless I am unsafe with a situation and I have to lie to get out of it I'm like even with white lies it's a hard no I cannot let myself do that and then other things like um you know not freezing in situations being able to step up and you know, make sure everyone's all right in an emergency situation. And then, like, the small things that, like, I let myself slide on is, um, like, picking at my scabs. Or, um, yeah, just, like, little things like that. Like, and that is the thing, like, we, or, um, another hard one for me is a pattern of thoughts of how I talk to myself when I'm low. Um, because I do not want to backslide into a mentally unhealthy place. And, you know, I hope just going forward, I hope this episode made you think a little bit, if nothing else, about where your hard lines are at every level within yourself. And then with the people you know, with strangers in public, with the world at large. Um, and I'd love to hear about um what your guys' thoughts are and uh if you think I missed anything or a you know other uh moral situations people try to give you that make absolutely no sense. I've never heard one that does. Never once. Um but that just might be how I think. And you know I hope you guys are able to build a healthy, respectable community in your lives. And, you know, like, live a good life. Anyway, hope you guys have a good day. See ya!